eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hog Sports, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Plenty to talk about on today's show. Did Arkansas win or lose in the transfer portal? That's going to be the main topic. We're going to bring Danny West in, our recruiting analyst, to help us break down some of that stuff, talk about some of the latest stuff in recruiting, and we'll talk about everything going on with Razorback Sports. All that and more on today's episode of Hog Sports Live. Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Become one of 90,000 Razorback fans to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. Hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. And also available on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't taken a moment to throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, please do so. Leave something nice for people to to know what to expect with the show. Uh, We have 899 uh, reviews so far so we'd like to get up over 900 so be the 900th person to leave us a review also available on spotify stitcher google podcast anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast we're there at hawgsports.com also hog sports is just one dollar right now for your first month and you can also sign up for a year for 30 percent off so two great ways to sign up at hog sports for you diehard razorback fans out there all right on your lunch break today on your lunch break, where do we want to start? Let's see what all's going on. Baseball lines aren't out yet. Arkansas baseball uh, dropping the series at Vanderbilt. Disappointing way to finish things out because they had they won game one, eight two. They had game two. What were they eight two in that one? Something like that, and then gave up eight runs in the eighth inning and lost that one and then lost uh, the Saturday game 7-6. So uh, the consequence of that is uh, sharing the SEC regular season title with Florida, taking a two-seed in the SEC tournament. Yeah, disappointing finish, but great season overall, especially all the injuries that they went through. Um, Let's see, let's look at the schedule real quick. So SEC tournament starts Tuesday, May 23rd, first round. Arkansas uh, gets the bye, obviously, and they will play the winner of Texas A&M and Tennessee 
That'll be 30 minutes after the first game, which starts at 9.30 in the morning. It's 10.30 Eastern time. So 30 minutes after that game, the winner between Texas A&M and Tennessee will face Arkansas on Wednesday, May 24th. And I guess the line will be out there. I'm just checking Bet Saracen. Uh, let's see. The line I don't see for that. I do see the line for Denver, L.A., L.A. in danger of getting swept and is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. So, according to the Bet Saracen app, they are banking on L.A. not getting swept. Uh, Boston is plus one-and-a-half tomorrow night, May 23rd, against Miami. I mean, we could be looking at two sweeps in the conference championship. That's pretty wild. Has that ever happened? Pretty wild. Uh, Danny West is going to join us, as I mentioned, here in a little bit. But I wanted to go over just a few things here and there before we get to him. Uh, 24-7 Sports came out with the most grueling 2023 football schedule. Sam Pittman the other day on 103.7 The Buzz goes, uh, he goes, this is the, the best schedule we've ever had in his four years. I mean, obviously, first year was maybe the toughest schedule in the history of college football. The last couple of years haven't been <laughs> – I mean, what did he say last year at SEC Media Days or maybe the year before they were going to three-peat uh, for the toughest schedule in college football? Now, the thing I don't know that this article takes into account, Arkansas is ninth. So they list 12 teams, so it's a dandy dozen. 12 teams, Tennessee is 12, Indiana's 11, Rutgers is 10, Arkansas is 9. With trips to LSU, Ole Miss, Alabama, and Florida, the Razorbacks' road schedule is daunting. The non-conference slate should provide four wins, but SEC, but BYU could be a tough out, and Kent State, which has not been afraid of scheduling big, played Georgia tough last season. The Golden Flash has played Washington and Oklahoma this season, Georgia. Uh, it goes on. But it, the thing it doesn't mention, and that I think that would maybe move Arkansas up a little bit on this list, is if they mention the stretch of games after the first three games where you're on the road for LSU. What is it, LSU? I don't have the schedule right in front of me, but uh, you're at LSU. Heck, I can't remember what's after that. But it's a four-game – oh, Texas A&M uh, in, in Arlington, and I think you got – I think it's Ole Miss and, and Alabama after that. So, like, four straight weeks on the road. We've talked about that. I'm not going to go into that a lot. But that's what, to me, makes this schedule even more daunting. If you'd had one of those games at home, I mean, how Arkansas does next season, it's largely going to depend on that stretch. You know, if they can come out like 2-2 two and two or something, then maybe looking at a really good schedule because the back end of the schedule actually does shape up pretty good. Eight is Maryland. Seven's Auburn. Six, Michigan State. Five, Florida. Arkansas has got to go at Florida this year for the fourth time in five year in five tries. Four West Virginia, three Minnesota, two South Carolina, and number one is the Ole Miss Rebels. Best and worst case scenarios for every team. This is another Brad Crawford article. Brad does a lot of good stuff for us uh, in the SEC footprint. Best and worst case scenario. I'm not going to go through everybody. You guys can check out the article, but that's basically what it's called. We'll we'll go to Arkansas. If I can find them. There we are. Best case scenario, nine and three and five and three. Worst case, six and six, two and six. 
I think Arkansas is going to do better than 6-6. Six and six. The return of K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders should offset potential worries on the offense for the Razorbacks. I don't have a lot of worries for Arkansas's offense, aside from offensive line. You know, you got two new tackles, so that's always going to be a bit of a concern. But I think, you know, we look at wide receiver. So, you know, this article breaks down. they got to, you know, break in a new group of wide receivers. K.J. Jefferson's had a new group of wide receivers every year he's been the starter. He's had Traylon Burks, Tyson Morris as his go-to guys in year one. Year two is Jaden Hazelwood and Matt Landers. And this year it'll be two other guys and a whole host of other guys. So it's that's nothing new to him. But as long as the offensive line can hold up, I think they will. But as long as they can hold up, uh, you got KJ back, you got Rocket back, you got two more than capable backs behind uh, Rocket. Uh, you've got Isaac Tesla, Andrew Armstrong, Tyrone Broden. That's three wide receivers who are 6'4 to 6'7. Uh, Varquez Gums, Luke Has, um, and you also got a shifty guy in, um, in well, you got a couple of shifty guys um, in Isaiah Satania and Bryce Stevens. So, to me, they've got weapons on offense. Not worried about the offense. Offense wasn't an issue last year until they got in the red zone, so that's the area that they have to correct. Red zone, got a little something in my eye. Red zone and uh, and short yardage was, to me, the biggest offense for – biggest problem for an offense that averaged 471 yards a game, which you'd take most seasons. Defense, that's where – that's where, you know, you, you start worrying – not worrying but wondering about things because I do think that they've shored a lot of things up. We're going to get into – I'm going to talk about this in just a little bit. I'm going to bring in Danny first. But um, the theme of the show, I want to talk about – you know, the guys that Arkansas lost in the transfer portal and the guys they're bringing in, like breaking it down position by position. And really, I'm, I haven't, like, done a story on this yet. I'm, I was, you know, looking at it, but I just ended up just like kind of writing it down, who's out, who's in. Um, so I'm kind of discovering this for myself, whether the Arkansas win the transfer portal. That's why it's a question today. Did Arkansas win the transfer portal? Because we're going we're gonna to discover it together today. And we'll get into that a little bit. But Six and six or nine and three or somewhere in between. Where do you think Arkansas lands this season? All right, scholarship distribution right now. I've got Arkansas at 84 scholarship players. Sam Pittman confused a lot of people the other day in Little Rock uh, during the one Arkansas tour. He told Drive Time Sports they've got two left, and then he told uh, the media later that uh, they have one left. Well, what he was doing was he was counting Amari Wiggins, the junior college transfer, who hadn't announced yet. He was just, you know, kind of – foreshadowing that a little bit for people. I was surprised it actually took a day longer than than what we were, were expecting. But Arkansas now, with Amari Wiggins on board, is at 84 scholarship players. Okay, so they've got one more. To me, I never would turn down a safety if there's a guy out there. I just don't know if there's a guy out there that they're in on. Same with offensive line. I don't know if there's a guy out there I would say, like, you got to bring this guy in because he's better than Josh Street or – um, uh, Tommy Varhall, you know, walk-on offensive lineman. To me, like, if you can't find a guy better than one of your walk-on offensive linemen or walk-on players, then give a scholarship to them. That's what I think. Uh, Numbers-wise, it makes sense to add a wide receiver. We've talked about that. They've got seven or eight scholarship wide receivers. I think it's eight with uh, Dozier coming in. But the top seven guys are all competing for a starting job. Dozier's obviously coming in later coming in pretty soon. Things are about to get wild on campus with uh, everybody enrolling finally. We'll talk to Danny about that a little bit. But so what I've got Arkansas at now, four quarterbacks, fine. Five running backs, fine. These numbers-wise, they're all fine. Uh, wide receivers, they are at eight. You'd like to be at about 10. 
ideally, but everybody up at the top is battling literally for a starting job. Uh, and I think you've got – I'm not going to repeat myself, but you got some good walk-ons there, I think. Uh, but wide receiver, eight, so it makes sense to use that last scholarship on wide receiver. Tight end, six, fine. Offensive line, 15, barely fine. You'd like to be at 16. I know Pittman would like to be at 17, but that gives you a scholarship three deep. Again, some quality walk-ons on the offensive line also. Defensive end, eight, fine. Nine or Eight defensive tackles, fine there. Nine linebackers, that's good to see. Can't remember when that's happened. Nine cornerbacks, good. Nine safeties, good. Uh, now, the only position I wonder about a little bit from an overall talent perspective might be safety, okay? Um, they did bring in A.J. Brathwaite out of the portal just recently. Um, Keon Stewart also, they flipped in for Michigan State, TCU transfer. Uh, that was a nice addition late. So they've got some guys there, and the numbers are right. I do wonder a little bit about safety. I think, you know, Sam Pittman kind of talked a little bit about maybe Lorando Johnson over to safety. Maybe they're able to do that uh, with getting a guy like Keon Stewart in. Uh, I don't – things don't sound good right now in terms of the language that they're using uh, with Quincy McAdoo. He updated the, the status of him. Um, now – I think Quincy's going to be healthy just based on what we're hearing and, and fine. But as far as football goes, that may be another chapter. That may be another – that's something to definitely look at later, I think. And the main thing – I mean, mainly like, you know, you're talking this this accident happened on May 1st. And I, I think on May 17th or 18th, um, you know, Sam Pittman was talking about, you know, he's getting ready to get out of the hospital and go to Clarendon. So he's in the hospital for over two and a half weeks. That doesn't sound like something that – you're going to be ready to get out on the football field, you know. So I think we we kind of table that, you know, his football future and really just start thinking, praying for McAdoo's health overall and worry about football after that. So disappointing situation for him. I know that's got to be heartbreaking, but um, definitely thinking about Quincy McAdoo. That's where things stand right now. None of that's official. It's just from what Sam Pittman has said and kind of indicated. As I mentioned, arrival dates. Basically, the way it's looking, every, Danny has just about everybody arrival dates. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the, of the remaining guys um, don't have arrival dates. But everybody so far that does, it's later this week early next week they start so they they're going to start the summer training cycle which goes about eight weeks they call it an eight-week cycle they'll start that on june 1st okay so everybody's going to want to be arrived and settled before then okay they do an eight-week cycle and then you know sec media days is what middle end of july um then you get about you know you get about a week before practices start and then you're all football you're all football after that okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I talked about one of the things that really jumped out to me, just breaking things down. Linebacker, obviously the numbers there. But also, uh, you know, what they've done on the defensive line in the transfer portal I think has been pretty pretty solid and kudos to Deke Adams Sam Pittman of course too um, you know bringing in uh, Tank Booker Kiwi Rose two really nice defensive tackle additions really nice interior guys uh, to go with what you have already Torian Carter Cam Ball Eric Gregory so on and so forth um, you know you also got Ian Jafford coming in so and then what they've done with defensive end to go with guys like Zach Williams Jashad Stewart you know I mean They've got some quality at defensive end. Landon Jackson, of course. Uh, but bringing in Trajan Jeffcoat and John Morgan, I mean, the numbers are really good. Like, we've gone from a time where it was, you know, you had to rely on some freshmen to play and contribute. And really before they were ready, like, you know, freshmen at the end of the season are different than freshmen at the beginning of the season. And you've kind of always had to rely on that. But college football is changing now, so there's no reason not to go out and get a quality – Depth at defensive line or any position, linebacker, safety, corner. And Arkansas, for the most part, to me, they appear to have done that. Uh, Nico Davier is another guy I didn't mention at defensive end who's, you know, a very good young player. Uh, to me, they have done what they need to do. They've got veteran guys across the board on the defensive line, like where they can freely rotate, stay healthy in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a really important thing with this season. But the, the difference now is, and you have to, you know, curb your enthusiasm a little bit because, shout out to Larry David, because everybody's able to do this now in the SEC. Like, and that's something that kind of threw you off a little bit, at least me a little bit, because I'm wondering, like I was looking at last year's team, like, man, they look pretty solid. Every single starting position, they've got a – you know, a veteran or, you know, a quality returning player, maybe from the transfer portal also. But they were pretty well set all the way across the board. But the thing is, Ole Miss was doing that too, you know. Virginia's doing that. Everybody's Everybody has the ability to build up their roster. These teams that are playing right now, if you would have taken these teams and put them against a team five, six years ago, these teams would – I mean, they're going to beat those teams, like, for the most part. Like, if you've paired up every team, like, an Arkansas's best team in the last 10 years versus, you know, one of these teams the last few years, these teams have probably beat those teams because they're able to immediately provide so much depth all the way around. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say. Maybe throughout the course of a schedule if they played. I don't know how you'd look at it, but, um, you know, a head-to-head, I guess anything could happen, but – Throughout the course of a schedule, like measuring things, like if this team were playing a schedule from five years ago, the Arkansas team would probably be better. And same for last year's team, you know, save all the injuries that they had. And that's one of the big differences. Like last year's team, they shored up the starting group. They still had some deficiencies behind that. Um, And this year, I mean, they're bringing in 18 transfers. So 
they're they should not have like the fish like they have injuries and stuff they ought to be able to absorb that pretty good pretty well pretty much pretty much everywhere knock on wood all right let's go to danny for those of you who don't follow danny west danny is the hog sports recruiting analyst been at this for as i don't know feels like as long as i can remember now me and danny have been a team for a long time if you don't follow Danny, you can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. And if you want to read his content, you do need a VIP subscription. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. We just running through some of these things, talking about how much uh, better Arkansas feels right now uh, with the transfer portal. I'm going to go in and break down after I get done with you whether or not Arkansas won the transfer portal. That's kind of the theme of the show today. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, college football's most underrated transfer portal halls so right now and arkansas was viewed as you know coming out of out of uh the early period they were viewed as one of the transfer portal losers you know but now yeah. brad crawford came out with this article college football's most underrated 2023 transfer portal halls arkansas and ole miss lead instant impact classes and arkansas is number one in the country uh, on this list what are your thoughts on that that's pretty impressive, ain't it? And, yep. uh, you know, uh, we could talk about the scholarship guys all day and some of these late JUCO additions. I mean, I guess you factor that in as well. But, man, even some of these preferred walk-on additions that they've got, like mm. you go study Tyler Larco, yeah. the kicker's splat slash punter coming over from UT Martin. I mean, that's kind of an overlooked, uh, underrated pickup right there. I mean, this guy's had 68, 75-yard punts, you know, consistently several times in a season. And, I mean, you think about Arkansas's punting situation, sorry to lead off with special teams talk, but, I mean, it's just a quality pickup that adds more depth, more competition. And uh, Chris Rhodes, obviously, a JUCO uh, corner coming in as a, a PWO, six foot 185 out of Butler, three years left. Why not? Why not if you can make it happen? So, yeah, um, I'm with you, man. I think they've had five new additions since I last spoke with you on this show last week. So, there's a lot to keep up with. We can get into, uh, we can start wherever you want, but I'm in agreement with that. I think Arkansas has done a, a fantastic job in the portal, to put it uh, plain and simple. Yeah, I was looking. I, I don't know if he committed to Kansas State at one point. When I was looking for information on him, I saw like he, like this deal from Kansas State about them, like this is from years ago, like maybe landing the best kept secret in the country. And I don't know what happened from that from that point on, but. Um, anyway, pretty interesting. Yep. So, yeah, Arkansas's transfer class ranking is number nine, according to that. I think they're maybe number 10 right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they've, they've really, really done some work. And I, I think it's interesting because no matter how – like Sam Pittman warned everybody, and so did we, like, you know, hey, it's going to be wild, you know, mm-hmm. this is before the trans- the first transfer portal window opened, and still everybody freaked out, you know. You yeah, had like 25 guys. People leaving. Yeah. yeah, it's just people leaving. You're just like, oh, my God, what is happening? <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, people were warning, like, hey, we had some of our board insiders, like, saying, hey, you know, most of the secondaries leaving, <laughs> you know, and yep. everybody's like, whatever. And then it just started happening. Um, and people were just kind of going mad. But like, as much as we said, like, wait until the portal window closes, wait till we get to May and then decide if you want to freak out or not. 
but yeah. it's it's been a pretty wild run. I know it's certainly kept you up maybe longer than you wanted to be, but uh, it's been a pretty wild run. It has, and uh, I could kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel finally, but of course you got um, official business coming up, so we're going to transition from portal talk right back into high school recruiting mm-hmm. starting. Uh, June 2nd, that'll be up on us really, really fast here. So going to try to sneak away and, and do a little vacation in between now and then uh, starting next week. You got to pick your pockets. Yeah. You got to pick your gotta, pockets in this business. I yeah. mean, you don't necessarily get days or weekends off. You just kind of get like, oh, I could go to the grocery store right now. I might have a window. <laughs> right. I think there is a, a trip to Lowe's in my in my schedule later today yeah. if you want to pick up a six-pack. Or yeah, pick, pick up some Betty Light. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, just uh, what you have there. Well, I was just I was going to kind of just pop off a few guys, you know, just uh, okay. from the high school commitments and 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 recent transfers. Uh, but uh, the first guy I wanted to talk to you about back to transfer is uh, is uh, Keon Stewart, who was was it TCU? You guys may remember this guy. There was a controversial ending to the Michigan game when TCU played them. Um, he was, like, reviewed for targeting on their final right. drive, and it was deemed not targeting, and Michigan uh, ended up losing possession. I think it was a fourth down play, and the game was basically over on that. But he made the the final tackle in that game. But, it, you know, entered the transfer portal, uh, committed to Michigan State, which Michigan State's got just on the outset. looks like all yeah. kinds of problems going on with players leaving there. But decommitted from Michigan State and then committed to Arkansas. Six foot, 185 pound. Cornerback, uh, I, I reckon, Danny. Like, I don't know if this is a guy that maybe mm-hmm. could play another spot or something, but listed as a corner. Yeah, I, I would assume corner, especially, you know, um, and again, we're, we're thinking and praying about Quincy, but uh, especially after that happened with his status being up yeah. in the air, I mean, I think it made a lot of sense to go grab another one. And, mm-hmm. and really – you got two uh, when you think about Keon and Chris Rhodes coming in as a, a PWO. Obviously, Keon's going to be a scholarship addition, but mm-hmm. one that they they kept off the radar, buddy. I mean, they and rightfully so. I mean, when you've got a transfer who's committed elsewhere, yeah, you want to try to sneak him in. And, um, yeah, it worked out for him. But you know what jumps out to me is the guys that he played around. Two things really. He was injured quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. The good news is he's had 16 undisturbed games in a row now, dating back to two seasons ago. He got healthy late in that year, 21, then played 13 last year. And uh, knock on wood, he's he's uh, stayed away from the injury bug as of late. So, And then from there, uh, you look at who he was kind of playing behind. Now, this is a guy that jumped in there as a true freshman back in 2019, I want to say. And started, uh, I want to say he started six, nine games, something that year. So that's tough to do in the Big 12. You're out there by yourself a lot of times over mm-hmm. in that league, as you know. But um, You look at the last year, I mean, he played behind one of the Jim Thorpe Award uh, winners, the six-round draft pick, and then the other guy at corner on the other side was the first team all Big 12. And right now he's on the Ronnie Lott Trophy Award watch list going into this year. So pretty good players there so i mean I, it's tough trying to explain to people well yeah he wasn't a starter but you know those are pretty good players too so i know arkansas was fired up about him and uh, another six foot 185 guy that seems to be a trend mm-hmm. as far as size but uh yeah i think he's got two years left and, and you'll have to forgive me if i'm wrong on that I, that's been by far the toughest you know it, people talk about how do you keep up with all this that's the most challenging part to me is trying to decipher how many years of eligibility everybody's yeah. got left and then trying yeah. to remember it 
when you jump on a show like this, but I want to say Keon Stewart's got two. Yeah, and I was I asked you that the other day when I was filling out the scholarship distribution chart. So let's flip to another realm of uh, where you can Big get players, here. and we haven't we haven't seen a whole lot come from the junior college ranks uh, over the years like we used to. But Amari Wiggins, this is another guy that. You know, mm. we'd known he had gotten snuck in on a visit, but yeah. sometimes you just you got to keep it quiet if you if you if you you know you just got well, to. Well, that one on that one, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, he wasn't committed anywhere, so right. I'm not sure why that had to be such. A big well, this secret. this guy had LSU, Texas A and M, Miami, Mississippi State, Penn State, Illinois, and others that offered him. Yeah. He, he took an OV to Miami, to Illinois, of course, to Arkansas uh, on May 15th, and. Uh, Named five finalists and then committed to Arkansas. I mean, this is a uh, why? Why so late? So much late activity with this guy, and uh, and how big is the addition? Also, not just to get him to fifteen scholarship offensive linemen, but uh, just how big is it overall? Yeah, and I don't mean to downplay him as a player, but I, I just think so much of it. You get to the end, and everybody's scrapping. Yeah. You know, you got one spot left sure. to fill. And I'm not saying he's not going to live up to his, his billing, so to speak, but uh, we tend to prioritize them a little heavier uh, when it gets right down to it. And this is certainly the end for him. I, I think he told me he's going to move in Friday, so he's mm-hmm. up against it here. But kind of an interesting roller coaster type deal. He was in here, uh, here, I mean, Arkansas. He visited Arkansas last Monday, Tuesday, I want to say. Then we heard uh, on Tuesday he's going to commit on Wednesday. So I was like, all right, we'll get the story ready. Wednesday comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Heard it, it's going to happen Friday, and then that never happened. Man, it took a little bit, didn't it? But um, I think the vultures were out in full force on this one. I think uh, coaches uh, from those teams, some of those teams that you mentioned there, got word that he had picked Arkansas, and man, they came out of the woodwork. So this is one you had to battle for right down to the end. But uh, Cody Kennedy, man, a lot of people. Uh, saying some wild things here lately about Cody and mm-hmm. you know they've been on some some really big fish over the last couple of years high school uh guys mostly four five star type guys and you know one after another they came up short on, on several of them and uh, the good news is you're in t- you're in battles like that but uh eventually maybe they start you know uh, finishing a few of those off but couple of people on the boards and here and there kind of been taking shots at Cody. So I felt like that was a really good one for him to go out and get. Uh, obviously, they were down to 14 scholarship guys. And that's a pretty low number, not just for SEC standards, but especially Sam Pittman standards. You just knew they were going to try to get one more and get a quality guy and probably going to be a guy that could snap for you or, or play guard or just push the center and, and provide competition and maybe a little uh, flexibility, uh, one more piece there in the middle of the line. And I think that's what they've got. Mm-hmm. Six three three ten. He's got three years left. I like that part of it. Anytime they got a few years left. But um, they were fired up about this one because I know how hard they, they had to work, not just to get him, but to keep him there towards the end. I think they had to, like I said, they had to fight off a few. A lot of talking out there on the internets. So, can this kid snap? Stuff. Can he snap the ball? Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I think they're going to let him come in and battle uh, Bo at center and just kind of see where that goes. And if he's if he's the better man, or you know, if he can provide, I would say even uh, as much as Bo does. If it's even, maybe you let this guy take over there and Bo kicks out to right guard or or whatever. But if he can't beat Bo, now you've you've got a situation where you can try 
Wiggins at, at right guard and, mm-hmm. and battle some of those guys. So I don't know exactly. Uh, I can't predict if he's going to beat Bo, but I would tend to guess if he held a gun to my head, I would I would venture to say Bo's going to be pretty tough to beat because we know how Sam Pittman feels about the center position. I think sure. um, if Wiggins had gotten in here before spring, maybe it's a different conversation yeah. and who knows maybe i'm wrong maybe i'll get in there and, and take the spot but well they um, work so many guys around danny i mean if this guy comes in and takes the center spot and they bump bow out that doesn't necessarily mean that josh Braun's out it could mean brady right. latham bumps out a tackle all kinds of different possible scenarios but uh the main thing that i'm thinking is like they need a guy that can come in and snap the ball because the next option behind Bo Limmer right now is Patrick Kudis, who's probably your starting right tackle. So if you move your starting right tackle to center, then you move, mm-hmm. then you move Brady Latham out to tackle, and then you bring in another guard. That's like a lot of movement for one. That's a lot of movement. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to do that really if you can if you can avoid it. So sure, yeah, I'm with you on that, and I think they're we're going to end up looking back uh, probably at some point this spring. Knock on wood. Hope everybody stays healthy. Obviously, but. What they did in the spring with so much shuffling and, and you know, uh, just trying different fits, mm-hmm. I think that's probably something we're going to look back on. And at least one game this year, we're going to say, "Man, thank God they did that." Yeah, you know, absolutely. Spring. So, Danny, I mean, smart move. You want to talk some traditional recruiting, like high school kids? Like, believe it or not, they still recruit high school kids. And Arkansas right. got a nice commitment from Jaden Ball, running back, twenty twenty four guy that's listed as an athlete. He could play. I mean, he's played wide receiver, defensive back, quarterback, even. Uh, for his high school team out of Decatur, Georgia, um, uh, Columbia, uh, Decatur, and then uh, six foot two fourteen. Last running back they got out of Georgia was Rashad DeBinion, and that's worked out pretty good. And this guy, I mean, yeah, he's, he's got. A, I mean, it's not all for running back. Some guys want him at de, you know defensive back, but Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia Tech, Louisville, Miami, Michigan, Tennessee, Texas, Mississippi State, Virginia Tech. Pretty nice list. This is a guy Pretty they think will list, move yeah. up the rankings also, kind of like Isaiah. How are we saying Isaiah's name? You got to no, – I'm going Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, heard, August, I've been saying Augustave because you told me that, and then I heard you on your well, podcast the I, other day. I, I and you go, it, yeah. you got to switch it up. It yeah, is my that way, you, yeah, you can say I always yeah. called him that. Did I switch it up, though? It's funny. I think you yeah. left off the A at the end, Augustave. You just August Augustav. Something like that. All right. Well, yeah, when you go a few months without talking about a few guys, I I tend to change pronunciations. But yeah, Jaden Ball, that's easy enough to remember. Six foot, 214, as you said, out of Columbia High School, Decatur, Georgia. You mentioned his top six there. You know what I like about him, Trey? South Carolina, I know for a fact, wanted him at linebacker, straight up linebacker, Mm -hmm. not running back, not receiver, not utility type guy on offense, just linebacker. Man, I love hearing that when. It's hard to get recruited by an SEC school. You know what? Yeah. Like there's a, it's really, really hard to get a scholarship offer for one position on one side of the ball, let alone, uh, you know, that, that I really like that about a guy. So I don't have any data to support that that makes a better player, but <laughs> it just it, it just seems that Feels uh, like it. that's a really, really good sign. So uh, probably a pretty good football player, but – yeah, they got him in early April. Things went quiet after that visit. It was a two-day unofficial visit, and uh, we put him on the some of our mock classes for um, you know, for this this cycle, and um, had him up on the big red board. I want to say he was the number one guy on the big red board. Not that that's always uh, means everything, but he had been trending to Arkansas, and 
uh, really not a whole lot of talk. You know, we haven't talked about Jaden Ball a whole lot ever since he's left here, but Jimmy Smith, man, uh, he keeps working these guys kind of off the radar, much like he did with Isaiah last year, like you mentioned there. Uh, people just not talking about him, and lo and behold, he's probably going to shoot up the rankings at some point. Arkansas's fired up about that one from what I can tell. I mean, it was um, that was one of their top targets. Now the question becomes, do you take two? In this year's class, you look at the five current scholarship guys. Of course, you added a pretty good one uh, in Isaiah. But at some point, man, somebody's going to get out of here. Rocket may go pro. Somebody may transfer. So I think there's a, a strong chance you end up taking two. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be two from the high school ranks either. You know, it could mm-hmm. be a, a transfer that we're talking about this time next year. Who knows? That's that's kind of the guessing game, what makes it difficult nowadays. But obviously everybody's wondering about Braylon Russell, the in-state four-star down at Benton. And, uh, you know, I, I haven't heard yet uh, from, from Braylon on how he feels about it or if it impacts him at all. We do know he's going to decide on July 14th. We know A&M's up there, Tennessee. He just had an official out with Coach Loggins in, in South Carolina, so that's interesting enough. I would imagine Arkansas is going to get him on campus again. He's been here a few times since he's decommitted and uh, probably going to be an official visit at some point. I just I don't have a date for him yet, but still in it there. I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing, but I do know Arkansas was not going to wait around uh, and, and drag their feet with Jaden Ball. They feel like he's a guy that can come in and do a lot, not just tailback, but as you kind of alluded to there, he can, man, you can put him out you know, split him out and have him come in motion, do a lot of different things, wildcat type stuff. He's a lot of fun. All right. You're done, Danny. I'm done? Yeah. All right, cool. Done. All right. Appreciate you, brother. You got it, man. See All right, everybody. That's Danny West. A lot of great information from Danny. We didn't do a lot of pleasantries at the end. Just you're done. Good job. All right, so Arkansas right now looking ahead is uh, 10 commitments for the class of 2024 now. Number 15th overall ranked class in the country. The latest, the latest commitment being Jaden Ball. Jaden Ball is just a shade under four-star status. Again, this is kind of a guy that they think could possibly uh, move up the rankings here pretty soon. Number 471 overall prospect in the country. Just a shade under four-star status. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are we ready? Let's see. All right. Did Arkansas win the transfer portal? The moment you've all been waiting for. Not really. 
But this should be fun to break down because, again, I'm doing it with you guys. So, quarterback, you had Malik Hornsby leave, and you brought Jacoby Criswell in. I'm pretty sure that's a win for Arkansas. Just based on what I've seen in the spring, Criswell throws the ball better. Uh, you know, Malik had a really big arm. I'm not going to say Criswell has a nicer arm, but Criswell has a more consistent arm, more steady spiral. He's not as fast as Malik Hornsby is, but he's pretty mobile also uh, and bigger at 225 pounds, 6'2", 225. So I'm going to say that's a win for Arkansas. Criswell lost the starting job to Sam Howell, who is with the Washington Commanders now, drafted in the NFL, and Drake May, who the latest mock draft I saw for next year had Drake May going number five overall. And those are the guys that beat out Chriswell. A guy that I look at and finally say, and the first time since K.J. Jefferson, three years, where I said, this is the next guy up. Running back, nobody in. James Joyner's out. Javion Hunt's out. I'm not going to – this is no disrespect to either one of those guys, but Arkansas didn't lose anything at running back. I mean, their top – all the top backs are back. I mean, Rocket, A.J., Rashad, Dominic Johnson when he comes back from injury. Plus, they got Isaiah Gustave from the high school ranks. I'm not really including high school guys in this, just kind of the guys that transferred and left you versus the transfers that you brought in. Um, nothing against these guys. Neither of them were going to play this year. Free up some space. Wide receiver, out. Keetron Jackson, that one kind of stings. Landon Rogers, Chase Lowry. Warren Thompson quit in the middle of the season. I don't know if we'd count Jaqueline Crawford. He quit before the season started, took a scholarship and just quit and never really did anything in his time at Arkansas. So, Keetron Jackson's the one guy that kind of stinks there. I think they more than made up for it with Isaac Tesla, Tyrone Broden, and Andrew Armstrong. That's a win. So, I say you won at quarterback. I say you won at running back because – you basically had two guys leave that weren't going to play for you, and you freed up two scholarship spots. I think you won at wide receiver because Landon Rogers wasn't going to play. Lowry, he quit in the middle of the season, I think. Warren Thompson quit on the team in the middle of the season. And Jaqueline Crawford quit before the season started. You really just lost Keetron Jackson. You brought in Tesla, Broden, and Armstrong. That's a win for Arkansas. So that's three wins. Some of it's addition by subtraction type stuff. Tight end, you lost Trey Knox. Obviously, that one stings. You know, that was a guy that, you know, did some good things for you. Wasn't a great blocker, but could catch the ball. Had five touchdown catches for you. Dropped a couple that went right into the wide or the defensive back's arms that turned into interceptions. Aaron Outley wasn't going to play. Dax Courtney entered the transfer portal. Couldn't play. I don't know if you count him because he had done the medical hardship route. Uh, brought in Varkey's Gums. Okay, so to me, this is a win for Arkansas over Knox. No disrespect to Trey Knox, but Varkey's Gums set records for North Texas last year. I think he'll be a better blocker than Knox. I think he'll be just as good, if not better, a receiver than Knox was. And Knox has one year of eligibility. This guy's a redshirt sophomore. So you got him for longer. It's a and, – and you also brought in Francis Sherman, who, in my opinion, is better than Outley – you know, and, and Courtney's, you know, we never would have known. But Sherman's better than Alley. So, I'm saying you get an edge at tight end also, mainly due to Varkey's gums and having more eligibility than Knox does. So, I think you win there. There's four. Offensive line, 
You lose Jalen St. John, who didn't – I mean, I think Jalen St. John had a, a good promising future, uh, but ran into some issues off-field, transferred out, new start at UNLV. Um, and you lose Marcus Henderson, who – I don't know what it was. Marcus never could seem to put on the weight. Uh, but two guys who were backups, and you brought in Josh Braun, who's going to start for you at right guard. So you brought in a starter, and you lost two second-team players. 5-0 and right now on the transfer portal. Defensive tackle. You lose Isaiah Nichols, a starter for you, a guy from Springdale. I don't like seeing the Isaiah Nichols uh, exit. He's gone to Purdue. Taylor Lewis doesn't count. He left in August. A uh, guy came in from junior college, didn't like that he was on the scout team, I guess, and bolted, quit the team, took a scholarship and just quit the team right before, right before um, classes started at Arkansas. Uh, you brought in Anthony Booker. You brought in Kiwi Rose. This is an easy win for Arkansas. Again, I don't like seeing, you know, guys from Springdale, Arkansas, who are going to be super seniors leave the program. But Booker and Kiwi Rose in, Isaiah Nichols out, that's 6-0 and right there. Defensive end. Didn't like seeing Jordan Dominic leave when that happened. You also lost Eric Thomas there. But Jordan Dominic had seven and a half sacks last year, Okay. Uh, didn't ever start a game for Arkansas, but had seven and a half sacks, second leading sack guy for Arkansas. You brought in Trajan Jeffcoat and John Morgan. Trajan Jeffcoat's going to start for Arkansas this year, I think. Pretty feel pretty confident John Morgan's going to provide a lot of quality depth. I think you won in that. It's going to be hard to produce seven and a half sacks, but that's not really Trajan Jeffcoat's game. Trajan Jeffcoat's also a former first-team All-SEC player at Missouri. So, I think you win there. It may be closer because Dominic was very productive, but I think you're 7-0 and there. Do I even have to say anything at linebacker? You brought in Antonio Greer and Jaheim Thomas, two guys who are going to be two of your top three linebackers. And Jackson Woodard has gone to UNLV. I don't know if you count Jackson Woodard because he was a one-year scholarship guy. didn't necessarily mean he was going to be on scholarship this year. 8-0. 8-0. Safety. This gets a little trickier. You lose Jalen Catalan, who again played one of the last 20 games at Arkansas due to injuries. You lost Miles Slusher, who was injured a lot last year, started six games for you. You lost Simeon Blair, who started all the games for you last year. Anthony Brown, this is a long list. Anthony Brown was a promising young player who left the team. Zach Zymus, uh, pretty much a third-team guy, former linebacker. Ja'Cory Turner, again, guy that couldn't see the field when they were having so many issues on secondary, couldn't get make it to the field. So you lost a lot of guys. You bring in Al Walcott. You bring in Al Arthur Brathwaite. To me, you brought in – I don't know a whole lot about Brathwaite. Okay, I know Walcott's probably going to be starting at nickel for them or safety. I think probably nickel. Um, I think Jalen Catalan's potential is All-American when he's healthy. Miles Slusher was a good player for him. Anthony Brown, I thought, had some promise as a young player. I'm going to go with a loss at safety. Okay, I'm going to go with a loss overall. Because mainly the numbers, Jalen Catalan and Miles Slusher, I think, are two starters for you. I don't think they were happy to see Miles Slusher leave. Um, Catalan, I think, probably came down to just the overall health. I mean, are you willing to invest in a player who's always hurt? Uh, but when he's healthy, the up, the you know, the potential there. So I'm going to go with 
a potential loss right there. Where am I? Seven and one or am I eight and one? I think I'm eight. Eight and one. Even though, I mean, that's nothing against Walcott. I think he's going to be a really good player. And, you know, maybe if you talk about moving Lorando Johnson to safety, maybe we'll talk about that. But right now, just how it's, you know, written down, eight and one. I'm lost count a little bit, sorry. Cornerback. Kari Johnson's out. Kewan Parker's out. Trent Gordon's out. These are three guys that couldn't see the field when Arkansas was seeing so much, so many injuries. Kari Johnson saw the field a little bit. Kewan Parker couldn't. Trent Gordon couldn't. Um, and then in, you have Jaheim Thomas. Or excuse me, not Jaheim Thomas. Jaheim uh, Singletary. Former five-star Lorando Johnson, former four-star started for Baylor last year. Keon Stewart, who started for the national championship team, runner-up, TCU. That's an easy win. Nine to one. Nine-one win. So all the freaking out you did, all the complaining, all the worry, I'm there too. I, I was with you. Hindsight's 2020, right? Uh, was all for naught. Arkansas came out really well with the transfer portal and should have a better team than they had last year. Should have a better team than they had last year, and a lot of it's the transfer portal. Plus 18 in the transfer portal and, like, 25 out. What are your thoughts on that? Leave it in the comment below. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get a sip of water here. We'll take a look at some questions. Sure, we got through things pretty fast there. I want to know if you guys agree with me on the transfer portal. Got a Pat Baldwin's listening from Davenport, Iowa. Jonathan Bowler's watching from work. I shouldn't have said your name, Jonathan, in case one of your, your bosses is listening. Cody L. James says, you think the talent of our linebackers will override their lack of experience? Well, their experience now, I mean, because they have Jaheen Thomas and Antonio Greer, they have those two guys and Chris Paul, who played a significant role for them last year. So that's your rotating three uh, Jordan Crook played some last year. He started the Liberty Bowl. Manny Powell's got a really good future, I think. Uh, so I think you're in pretty good shape. I mean, you've got veterans at the top. You've got some promising young guys. I don't know when I thought that about linebacker. Robert Ashley says, if the offensive line will block, they will be good. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> I can't really add to it either. But will the defense stop anyone, he adds. Well, The defense was the worst in the SEC last year. So, until they add Texas and Oklahoma, Arkansas was 14th in the SEC. They can't be 16th. So, they can't get any worse, technically. I think they're going to be better. Cody L. James says, who's your pick to take over Quincy's role in the secondary? Um, could be – I mean, probably one of the new additions that we just talked about. I mean, could it be Lorando Johnson if he stays at, if he stays at corner to be Lorando? If not, it'll probably be Keon Stewart. Probably. And don't forget about Jalen Braxton. Jalen Braxton is a guy that's got a lot of a lot of potential out of the freshman class. Bill Richards says good any any enrolled early. Bill Richards says, Good afternoon. How many games do the Razorback football team get this year? I believe they win ten. Go hogs. It's it's a little early for prediction season for me. 
but I like the way the team is shaping up. I will say that. I think that they've got some real weapons. Now, how long it takes to get completely in sync, and I've said this before, I just think Luke has, Varquise Gums, Tyrone Broden, Isaac Tesla, Andrew Armstrong, Isaiah Satania, and, you know, maybe Jaden Wilson, Sam Bakke, you know, maybe one of those guys also. Um, K.J. Jefferson, Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, Rashad DeBinion. These tackles hold up, as Robert Ashley says, if they can block, the offense can be pretty dynamic, and the defense is going to be better than they were last year. I don't have any doubt the defense will be better than they were last year. I was just making sure that was the pause. Do I have a doubt? No, I don't. No doubts. Bill Richards says, good afternoon. How many games did the Razorback football team get this year? I just read that. Landon Montgomery says, Trey, how do you feel about players committing, decommitting to hear offers, then committing again? Seems like you commit and both sides are satisfied and then ready to move forward with each other. Yeah, I mean, we got to remember these are young guys, and sometimes they get excited and do things that they're not ready to do. I always think it's interesting when people say commitment just doesn't mean what it used to. That's why everybody married their girlfriend from eighth grade. Like, you weren't committed at that time, you know? I mean, sure you were, but eventually you decommitted. And then you moved on and dated other women, you know? I mean, it's like everybody gets really offended and upset when a player decommits. But we have to remember these guys are young, and we also have to remember that the word commitment does mean exactly what it has always meant, that you're committed till you're not committed. But, no, I mean, that's not my favorite thing in the world. The drama of it all. But it happens. Hey, Arkansas lost Varquez Gums. Really disappointed in Varquez when that happened. Um, couldn't have been happier when he decided to recommit. So, you got two commitment stories out of that. Norman Hunt says 8-4 and four because they've got that four-game road stretch. Yep, that's going to be the, the indicator of how good this season goes, and we'll find out early after first three games in that four-game road stretch. Uh, probably one and three in that beating Ole Miss, lose the other out there, but could surprise us. Hope so. James Toller Sr. says, who did we lose? Any stars? The guys that lo they lost, I mean, we went over that. I know that question's from 36 minutes ago. But we went over that, and you know, you know the answer. Norman Hunt says eight and four is an improvement. It is a slight improvement. Well, I mean, well they won six regular season last year, and then seven the bowl game, so eight and four, and then they could win a bowl game nine. That's what they did in twenty twenty one. Everybody's pretty excited about that. Marco Giles says, "Hey Trey, uh, how's it going, Trey? Have there been any updates on Dominic Johnson? Is he still rehabbing? Last time I saw him, he was hitting a." He was hitting a tractor tire with a sledgehammer. So, I mean, he injured it way earlier than he did last time, so he should be back. I would, I would expect him to be back for fall camp. Norman Hunt says, we need help at safety, right? Some of those transfer corners could be moved to safety, but with transfer players, uh, would they be willing? I mean, Lorando Johnson, when they asked him about – because he's trying some nickel out. I can't remember if I asked him or one of the other media people. It, you know, talking about trying nickel out, it's like, you know, do you, is that a move you're willing to make or whatever? And he goes, um, he goes, I don't have a position. I'm a football player. He's probably the best tackler um, 
I mean, he might be the best tackler out of those cornerbacks. So maybe he makes the, bo- the most sense to possibly move. Um, we'll see. But it'll be somebody's moving. Somebody's moving to safety. Somebody's moving to safety and starting next to Hudson Clark, in my opinion. That's the, to me, the area that I would say is probably the weakest on the team right now because they need somebody else to come in there and start. A.V. Green says there are a chance Chris Rhodes could get a scholarship before fall camp. It's possible. Like we said, they're at 84 scholarship players, so they have one left. They don't have any that they can count back, to my knowledge. Um, I think our remaining scholarship should be cornerstone or cornerback before – what? I think our remaining scholarship should be a cornerback before Cam Ball gets injured. What does that mean? Not sure what you mean there. Steve Culver said, talk about the running back we signed out of Florida. Does he have a chance to play this year? Um, Isaiah Augustave, I believe. Possibly. It's going to be like you never know what's going to happen at running back. It's a position that sees a lot of injuries. But in my experience, and everything's changed now, but to date, to date, since I've been covering Arkansas, there has not been a single running back who redshirted his fresh his first year, even with the four-game redshirt rule. There's not been a single one who redshirted his first year and went on to have success at Arkansas. The only guy that happened with was because of an injury with Mike, Mike Smith. Mike Smith had hamstring issues and went on later to have a 1,000-yard year uh, his redshirt junior season. That's the only guy I can remember. So, if he's good, he'll play. Dustin Hoofman said, but you, I mean, you got to consider who you have coming back. You got Rocket Sanders coming back, AJ Green, Rashad DeBinion, Dominic uh, Johnson at some point, hopefully. All right. All right. I'm not taking any more questions. I'm going to go in reverse order until I catch up. Uh, Marco Giles says, which SEC team would you most like to see the Hogs open up a 15-gallon of whoop arse on this season? I mean, starting things off at LSU would be pretty good. First SEC game on the road, I'll take that one. I'll take at LSU. Man, it's hard not to say Texas A&M. And given the opportunity of beating Alabama and Tuscaloosa. But it would be fun. I mean, because you, you figure Arkansas is going to come out 3-0 and out of those first three games and then to open SEC play with a can of whoop arse, as you put it. Cody L. James says, I was talking about lack of experience in the SEC with each other, but, yes, they do have college experience. Dustin Hoofman says, Trey, you didn't go over special teams in the portal win or loss, LOL. I mean, they added uh, Tyler Larco, who's a walk-on. They didn't lose anybody, so that's kind of why I didn't address that. But I guess Tyler Walk- uh, Larco is in and um, Reed Bowers out. Uh, maybe I'd give that a wash then, I guess. MP Rich says nine wins. We pick Sui. MP Rich says I groined on a couple of transfers out. You meant groaned, not groined. I hope. 
<laughs> grown on a couple of transfers out. But if they don't want to be here, don't let the door hit you on your butt on the way out. Uh, Heath Jarvis says, I might call DE a draw, but overall I agree. I mean, they brought two in. Jeff Coates going to start. You could possibly make the argument, I think. You know, I think you're right, Heath, uh, that it's probably a draw. Maybe. I kind of I think Jeff Coates going to do pretty well for him, though. Mark Douglas says, I'm ready to see a defensive backfield not give up multiple big pass plays and look at each other with body language of who, what, what are you supposed to do? Poor communication. Also ready for solid tackling on all defense. Uh, yeah, I think we're all ready for some of that, Mark. Dustin Hoofman says, once we get them onto campus, they have great things to say about the program. Sometimes the campus in town makes people feel so at home they jump on board. Yep, it's always been the trick, getting people to campus. You know, a lot of these people, like people think that Arkansas, you can't recruit to Arkansas or they, there's something wrong with Arkansas, why they don't get the big-time prospects. Except the problem with Arkansas is there's not an Atlanta inside of Arkansas. There's not a Dallas or a Houston in Arkansas. That's, that's the problem. I mean, most of these players from those areas go to schools that are nearby, and Arkansas just has to work a little bit harder. The thing Arkansas has going for them is, you know, people, representatives from those schools, people familiar with all those schools um, will badmouth Arkansas, you know, about all kinds of things that really are they have the same issues or stigmas with, you know, those same states. But they'll badmouth Arkansas, and they'll get to Arkansas, and you get a very natural undersell, over-deliver that Fayetteville produces, that it provides, which, by the way, is the number one place to live. Once again, on U.S. News and World Report, number 10 place in the country to live is Fayetteville, Arkansas, which I think slid a little bit. I think they've been maybe five or six last year, but still number one in the SEC. I also think, you know, you bring them in to that airport, they see a lot of there, – there's actually some, you know, more development happening. But you, you're you going to see maybe some llamas or, you know, see some skunks. One day I saw more dead skunks on the side of the road than I'd seen combined, I think, in my entire life. I don't know what happened, but there was a massacre of skunks. Um, and you see all that stuff, and then you creep on into Fayetteville. Oh, okay, all right. Dustin Hoofman says, do you believe overall – production or lack of a new year's six bowl have made recruits second guess arkansas if so do you think it takes change that this year i think the, the main thing that has made people second guess arkansas is sucking ass in 2018 and 2019 plus 2017 um, then you bring sam Pittman in you have that short turnaround in 2020 when he's hired in december and you have signing day in december there's only two players left from the class of 2020 on this team right now two players and then you know, 2021, you're, um, you know, strapped with all the COVID restrictions. You don't do any in-person recruiting. You make some, you know, there's like eight players left from that class, but um, you make some bad evaluation. That's been the biggest problems so far with Arkansas recruiting is coming off, you know, a terrible stretch and then not being able to recruit in person and having that quick turnaround. Those have been the things. Right now, Arkansas's class is ranked 15th in the country in the class of 2024. So, Hopefully that uh, that continues. They've got a chance. They could possibly have a top 15 class this year if things go right. Steve Culver says, talk about the running back we signed out of Florida, and that's where I catch up with you. Okay. Almost an hour, guys. All right, everybody. I want to thank Danny West for hopping on with us and providing all that great information on recruiting. Uh, for those of you who haven't signed up at Hog Sports, go to hawgsports.com and check us out. It's just $1 right now for your first month. 
There's always fun things going on in the summer. A lot of great discussion on our message board. Of course, still things going on uh, even today with the transfer portal. Basketball stuff going on. There's a lot of basketball stuff uh, going on right now, obviously, too. What's Arkansas's final roster going to look like? And I want to say thanks to um, all of our free subscribers or all of our free uh, users who check out the show Check out our content at Hog Sports, uh, but especially to our VIP subscribers. We would not be able to do what we do without you, the diehards out there who follow our Razorback coverage. Certainly, thank you very much. All right, everybody. We'll be back with you guys again next week. Maybe, unless something happens, we might hop on again. Maybe Danny West. If you didn't check out Danny West recruiting podcast, I believe that was on uh, Friday. Thursday maybe, but he did a recruiting podcast. It's only available on our um, podcast channel, so go to Apple Podcasts, check that out, and then leave that five-star review if you haven't done so. Would really appreciate that. Right now, our top review is somebody promoting their podcast. Actually, I think it's a kid. I'm going to mention him. He said he asked me if I would mention him. So, RJS College Football Pod. I've started a college football podcast, and I'm trying to get up over a year, and I work hard. I love college football despite my age at 14, but I am a diehard hog. Can you please give me a shout-out? I don't know. RJS College Football Pod? Not sure. Also, I want to hear what people think about the NBA playoffs. Again, on Barrett Saracen, we've got L.A. at minus 3.5 tonight. And then tomorrow, you've got Miami at minus one and a half. Are we going to see a double sweep? Let me know what you think. All right, everybody. Appreciate you for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.